Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Arnas, Sayadar, and Sayadin. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. All right, what's up, Numenorians? This is Steven, your host from Photology Podcast. I'm here along with my lifelong friend, Jake, and a special Tolkien expert guest, Justin. He may dispute expert, and I guess we'll see, but you definitely know more than we do about Tolkien, and we're reviewing the Rings of Power, so we needed someone who knew something, and uh, you are the person. <laughs> we'll, we'll just call me an aspiring expert. I'm, I'm still working on it. There's still a lot to learn. <laughs> I, I feel like I've got a decent decent amount of Tolkien knowledge under my belt. That's not how we go. That's not how we uh, do at Phantology. Um, we're just going to label you the expert, and you're going to have to go with it and live up to it and, yep. and take yep. all the heat in the comments. So, Exactly. Commenters, <laughs> right. go after Justin for everything he gets wrong. Yeah. Viciously. <laughs> Actually, please please don't do that if we get things wrong. you know, <laughs> Be patient with us. I'm personally like... I've read Lord of the Rings and I've watched all the things there are to watch, but I haven't read anything else. Like I haven't even read the Silmarillion. So I'm really kind of a Tolkien noob. So I'm just going to accept anything you say as complete truth. I think Jake, you know, a little more, right? Like you've read some of the extended yeah. legendarium. Just like I, I recently reread the Silmarillion and then I've read the children of Huron. I think that's what I read after that. So I'm like dipping my toes in the extended mm. um, or in the, I don't know, like in Star Wars, it's the uh, ex- it's, expanded it's the universe. Legend, legendarium, legendarium. Legendarium. Okay. I'm dipping my toes in it. Yeah. Okay. So now that our credentials are out of the way, so Rings of Power, we'll just kind of start with an overview of like what we liked about it, what we didn't like, et cetera. And then we can go into some specific things and uh, we can talk about some changes, et cetera, which is kind of see where this goes so uh what'd you guys think of the show just kind of high level i know there's a lot of internet opinions out there so where do you fall <laughs> i'm curious what jake thinks but before i answer if i'm gonna have to be the tolkien expert i want to be able to go last and hear what jake okay thinks. okay <laughs> that's totally fair <laughs> that's fair yeah that's fair so just things i like the most i just think... you know did you did you like it start oh there? did i oh just just start that yeah, yeah. i did i think it was solid it like it didn't make me as excited as like the Peter Jackson films, um, but I think it was probably around the same quality as the Hobbit films without just like different tones though, like completely different tone. I feel like I don't know. So I enjoyed it. I will say not fully satisfied yet, and that like I have hopes that it's going it's going to like grow into itself. But I think it was a solid safe start to what could be an amazing show. Yeah, I think I'm probably somewhere around there. I liked it more than The Hobbit, for sure. I didn't really like it. Yeah, Hobbit same. Very much. I like it more than The Hobbit, but I think they're around the same level. Mm. But. I mean, a beautiful show. Obviously, a ton of money went in. We we all know that. So that from that aspect, it was awesome. The writing was maybe, you know, could have been better. Like a, a lot of the dialogue was was good. There was some that was a little cheesy. And uh, we can talk about some beefs that I had with the actual plot itself but you know overall it was good like you said jake there's all these internet hot takes if it was the worst thing ever to actually yeah. i haven't seen a bunch of like it was absolutely amazing but i think like the rational thing to say is like it was a good show yeah <laughs> so I, I mean maybe we're crazy for saying that but that's why i fall. I, I think if house of the dragon weren't on tv right now it would be my favorite fantasy series on yeah um, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I'm mostly on the same page. I found it a little less cringy than The Hobbit. There were just things yeah. in The Hobbit that made me totally cringe. But Rings of Power was, my overall takeaway is it was fun. And that's really what I went into yeah. it looking for. I knew what rights they had to the, the source material. 
Mm-hmm. So I was expecting there was going to have to be a bit of invention. And for what they had rights to, they did a pretty dang good job of telling the story of the second age. Few things that I didn't like, but by and large, I had fun. I had fun watching it. I'm excited to watch season two. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I still find myself just wishing like that they could have gotten more rights to like to other stories <laughs> to like, I would love um, a like Silmarillion anthology style TV show where like each season they just spend a couple episodes focusing on like one or two stories, you know? No fun. Yeah. The day that somebody puts the first age on screen, I yeah. will be a happy man as long as they do it well, obviously. Yeah. I think the music might be the best part of Brings the Power, though. I think they nailed the music. Oh, yeah. It was very good. Yeah, before the show came out, I had listened to the soundtrack just like over and over again. It kind of became my like work chill focus music. Yeah. Very, yeah, very good. I think my favorite part of the show from all the episodes was the song when the Harfoots were like going off on their kind of you know in the midst of their journey the journey montage we'll say yeah and that part was that was really good like I felt emotions and it was just like really beautiful so yeah my favorite part of the show right there anytime you feel any emotion that's that's how Steven knows it's, yeah it's going well wait this must be good <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no I, I think the music is as good as I I think I'll say it's as good as like Howard Shore stuff I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far. <laughs> I don't know. It, it felt like blasphemy. The soundtrack's still sacred to me still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Rings of Power was really good. I, yeah. I, I liked the music a lot. Maybe as time goes on, it'll, it'll you know, yeah. like Howard Shore for me. But yeah, I agree. That song, I think it's called Wandering Day. I, I know my wife and kids, they were playing that song over and over and over again after that episode. But uh-huh. That was a good one. Good music. Yeah, other things, other things that you guys liked, what characters, plot points, what, what were the things that you remember? I really liked, uh, I liked Galadriel a lot in the beginning. I thought Elendil was done well. Oh, I, I liked all the dwarf stuff. That was probably the closest it got to the Hobbit in terms of feel, but I, I liked it. I liked it. Okay. Yeah, that, that's funny. I See, in the beginning, I really didn't like Galadriel. She felt too headstrong, was not thinking at all. And I understand. I understand that sometimes you got to have a character arc, but she just felt dumb at times. <laughs> yeah. she, she was driving me crazy in the beginning. And she mellowed out um, towards the end of the season, and we saw a little more of that Galadriel wisdom. So I, I liked that. Um, I agree about Elendil. He was awesome. Probably one of my favorite characters. I didn't know if I would be okay with Erendir or... Arondir, I don't know how you, how to pronounce. Yeah, it. I, I think yeah. it's actually Arondir, but I feel super. I shouldn't feel nerdy on this. You guys, are, <laughs> yeah, <not> on. <laughs> you're on Phantology podcast. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm with fellow nerds here. So yeah. Arondir, I actually really liked him um, as a character, which surprised me. I thought I was he was going to drive me crazy, but I liked him. The characters. I thought Adar was a really interesting character. Yeah. What happens with, with him. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could go, I don't know if we want to go in through all the characters, but um, I really, <laughs> really, really liked those ones off the top of my okay. head. I, th- I liked Elrond. His parts weren't as exciting, but I thought, I thought the actor did a great job and I, I just really bought into the Elrond character. The dwarves, honestly, Jake, I thought the dwarves were kind of cheesy. <laughs> Yes, so. I get that. I'm not. I'm not denying that. But it, for whatever reason, but the it was right. The Hobbit, it was right for you. Yeah, the cheese in the Hobbit was it was not right. But for whatever reason, this I accepted it. I liked it. Okay. <laughs> I I do think it's weird how I don't know. I liked Elrond in this story. I just can't see how he becomes the Elrond in uh, uh-huh. like yeah, Fellowship is- of the Ring. Yeah, right. that was my only issue with Elrond is it felt like this guy does not I mean, sure, there's like thousands of years separating them uh, like 4,000 years, but still, I, I would expect it to feel somewhat like the same person that he just he didn't feel like. It. I really liked him the actor yeah. did a great job, but yeah, 
it just didn't feel like Elrond. Yeah. Mm. Maybe uh, maybe as the season goes on, we'll get more of a turn transition. Or I mean, you can you can chalk up to any character changes as like, oh yeah, thousands of years passed, so now they're different. Yeah. And there's gonna be a war or two, you know, yeah. like that's yeah, gotta right. got a lot yeah. of personal stuff that happens with his family that I so yeah, yeah, it's true. Give give anyone enough time to live and they will become very jaded. That's the <laughs> moral of the Elrond story. <laughs> not, not that he's like jaded, he's just very stern later on. Maybe he's yeah. jaded. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he's I mean, he's kind of yeah. like we just got to head to back, back to Valinor. You guys screwed the pudding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, I'm getting out of here. I don't yeah. know. That's kind of how we see in the later movies. But Okay, so what things did you guys not like? I said the dwarves. Oh, I was going to say, I, I should have said, I liked the hobbits. I thought they did the, the proto-hobbit Harfoots pretty well. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Disliked. I disliked the Sauron arc. Yeah, same. Actually, I think that's probably a big, that's a big talking point that we can go into. Yeah, that's probably my biggest gripe. Other than that, I think, I think the show's weakest points are that. And it's like they planned on doing eight episodes and they had a story and they're like, how can we make this eight episodes? And I felt like they had some, some dead space. They could have like tightened up the writing a bit, like maybe do six episodes, you know, and or if you're going to do a full eight episodes, like make every moment count. I feel like there's just scenes in there that aren't, mm-hmm. they don't utilize their time as well as like. Yeah, not just scenes, there are entire episodes that fill yeah. in a filler. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful filler though. So Jake, compare that to House of the Dragon because House of the Dragon is 10 episodes. And honestly, it's a shorter amount of time. Fewer things happen overall. There's a lot of stuff that happens in Rings of Power, mm-hmm. but how does house of the dragon succeed because they have i mean they have more filler but it's everyone it's likes a, it more it's not filler really in house of the dragon though like every scene matter like is is adding uh-huh. to the tension like the intrigue all the politicking like everything that happens is like building a character's arc or furthering the plot or making things like like developing the plot more where it felt like in rings of power it kind of it felt like more meandering and then like okay now this is plot important again mm-hmm. i don't know having not like ever done a film class or anything that's my analysis <laughs> no i haven't seen house of dragon yet i'm not a haven't gotten into game of thrones well i i tried i tried to read the first book and i just it didn't take i don't know yeah maybe i looked looking too much and so i'm not willing to, uh-huh. to like they're they're very different <laughs> yeah but uh I think you're right, Jake. And I think I almost wonder if some of the reasoning behind it is they were so worried about, about sticking to the, the lore. They, they were trying to incorporate the lore in the ways that would please the super fans. And sometimes that distracted from building the right tension. And yeah, that's, that's interesting. There wasn't, the writing did not, it, it didn't strike that balance between having the lore but also yeah. building a own story. Mm-hmm. It just, it felt like more like, kind of like an outline. Like, I feel like you could have eight episodes dedicated to just like Adar, Adar, however you say his name, like his story, you know? Like there's a lot more you could give there and then, and it feels like you're just like touching on it and then slowly moving on to another touch point instead of like, I don't know. Mm, really that could be, they're setting it up for later seasons which i i hope they are i want to learn yeah more but no yeah and yeah they, they probably are i guess my thought is like you had the time to de- develop more now you should have developed more now or condensed so it, i don't know do you think it would have been better if they crossed over more of the plot lines like the harfoots literally never met any of the other plot lines that were going on the whole Southlands thing came together eventually and the dwarves elves kind of came together, but it, there wasn't like a big culminating thing with everyone. I don't think it needed that. I honestly, if they had done that, I think I would have felt like they shoehorned it in. I think that's, that's why I say, I feel like they were, they were trying to adhere to the lore um, because I mean, 
quite frankly, like the Harfoots, they they weren't influencing anything in the second age. Like they yeah. shouldn't be having any crossovers with anybody. Southlands, like, I mean, that's all more or less invented stuff. So yeah. having them really, you know, have, have a lot of interaction with anybody except Numenor, which makes sense it would tie that would kind of tie in later as sauron comes to power in mordor there's mm. there's a lot of interaction there but yeah i think i think that could have been interesting because it did feel a little bit jumpy and like why are we learning about all these different groups and it would have been interesting to see how they kind of came together but it didn't make sense with the lore like i'm i'm really actually curious to see what they're going to do with nori and yeah the meteor man because they they don't they sh- they don't they shouldn't be playing any part in the second age really so it'll be interesting to see where that goes yeah hmm i'm just realizing like i was i enjoyed watching their arc but yeah where is that going to go because right now the only connection is that they wanted you to think he was sauron like that yeah. was the only mm-hmm. connective point and i think it was done really well when i think the like the directing and like editing of like revealing who Sauron is at that point in that finale episode where you're like oh Meteor Man is Sauron because the like cultist people were there but then realizing oh no it's Halbrand you know we're doing spoilers right yeah we're doing spoilers okay. we, yeah, we've been... wait so so did you you bought into that like as you were watching episode eight you were thinking oh my gosh it's Meteor Man uh no I thought it was Meteor Man uh, I think an episode or two before I was like, I could see, I think he has the best Sauron claim, but uh-huh. like, I, I think based off of just like the tension of like the plotting, it's like, okay, it's not going to be him. He's obviously like, they're not going to send the hobbits off to like rescue him. And then you'd be like, psych, I'm Sauron. And you know, yeah. like, kill the hobbits or something like that's not going right, to happen. Right. But I think like that, like tension was like, it was good how they, but then realizing that it, the only connection there, the reason it was good is because you were, weren't sure who Sauron was, you know, but now that we know he's not like, how's it going to connect? I don't know. I'm, I assume he's supposed to be Gandalf. That's my guess. Yeah. Which I really hope he's not. <laughs> yeah. So is it, is it Gandalf? <sighs> I, I think it is. I agree with you guys, but I wonder like, are, is Amazon currently talking to the Tolkien estate saying, okay, you saw season one. So we've got this dude and he could be Gandalf. Like we could make him Gandalf. If, you know, if you want, the story would be really good. Lots of people would watch the show. And I know it's kind of against the lore, right? Cause he's not, is that right, Justin? Like he's not supposed to be there until yeah, the, the third age. So he's I bet the, right now yeah. they're talking to the Tolkien state saying, how much is it going to cost to call this guy Gandalf? Like give us a number. I mean, they should be able to. He's Gandalf comes from, they have rights to, the Hobbit, the Lord of yeah. the Rings trilogy, including all the appendices. I mean, they should be able to use Gandalf's name. So, I, but I thought that would be like a a lore change that maybe wasn't allowed because he's not other there till the Third Age, right? I mean, yeah. they've changed like the Balrog. Yeah, shouldn't have been there. I mean, mm. they've they made it. that. That was a. I understand. That's a headache. They're just not too. allowed. <laughs> yeah, we, we can we can really go into that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My understanding is that they're not allowed to take material from stuff that they don't have rights to, but the stuff they have rights to, I think they can do what they want with it. Oh, so they can move stuff around. I think they definitely can. I could be wrong on that. I need to double check, but that that's been my understanding. Okay. And like Sauron's story was completely changed in this. Right. So. Right. That's true. I guess in my mind, thinking that, like crossing age lines just seemed really extreme. Like again, like that's against the rules. Nah. I mean, I think it does lessen a little bit. I don't, I don't think it's a big deal if he's Gandalf because of the timeline. I think it does lessen his character a bit, but it doesn't really show it that much in the movie, just that he's like the, the newest wizard. And so he's kind of like the, I don't know, kind of like the underdog out of the order of the wizards, but ends up being the best, you know, and like he has to kind of catch up on mm. stuff. Whereas if he's been here for like 4,000 years, I don't know, but that's not a big deal in my opinion. Mm. I actually really, I really like it as a Gandalf backstory. 
Like, this is why yeah. he loves the hobbits, which yeah. never quite yeah. made sense before. Like, why, he, why did he even really know about the hobbits? Like, this, this gives some backstory to it. But also, you know, Nori Brandyfoot, if that goes on to be like the Brandy Buck line, which Frodo's related to, Bilbo and Frodo, you know, you know all those hobbits, it would be make sense why he, you know, picked Bilbo to go and get yeah. the adventure. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. The only problem is, and I'm okay if they kind of move it around timeline wise, but where are they going to go with it? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the events of the second age, what role Gandalf should not play a role that will feel really wrong. So I don't know where they go from here. If it is Gandalf, that that's my only issue. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I mean, maybe this is like skipping ahead, but like, you know, like where, where do we see season two going next? I think without going to detail, there's like obvious things that we can see happening with the Numenorians, with the elves, with Sauron, you know, like, there's a progression there. Like we have an idea of where that's going to go, mm-hmm. but no idea where, like what's going to happen with the hobbits, like, or with meteor man. And yeah, I don't know. What the last thing they were supposed to, he, they're going off to the far East somewhere to like get yeah. some training. We don't know. He, he just was headed toward this uh, constellation, the hermit's hat, I think it was called, which I'm like, like the land of rune yeah rune oh what would you say about the hermit's hatch um that that constellation middle earth at this time actually arda it should still be flat it not round so they should actually be able to see the constellation wherever they are but in the show he has to go to rune to see this constellation oh okay when does it does it become round after the elves leave Spoiler alert, we are going to get into what Tolkien wrote down about the Second Age. May or may not see on screen, but if you don't want any hints of what's probably coming up in The Rings of Power, then you may want to tune out now. It's after the fall of Numenor. Oh, after um, the fall of Numenor. I, I don't know if we're doing like spoilers for future yeah. season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they changed I mean, enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was... That, that's pretty obvious, but yeah, that is an important thing that's going to, yeah. I can go into the details of how that ends up happening and why Eru decides to make Arda. It's no longer flat, but mm. I don't know. We can do that uh, next Sorry. next season. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I think it's kind of hard to analyze what happened in this season with someone who's like so, like an expert on the lore without like getting into how it could be potentially really like, like how they could be connecting into future lore points. I don't know. I have, right. I have this problem with all my friends and my wife. Like I can't talk about the show because I'm like, I I'm going to just tell you what will happen. potentially. I, I say we, t- we, I say we talk about the source material, what's going to happen. We don't know what the show is going to do. Okay. Like I've, I've heard rumors that Halbrand is going to come back as Anatar in season two. I don't know how that's going to happen because he's already kind of played his role in making the rings. Right. But There's more rings. They got to make more rings. Numenor. He, he could have Numenor. Yeah. But but when he when, didn't, he, he was Sauron when he went to Numenor. Like they knew he was Sauron, right? At that um, point. Yeah. yeah. They like, they actually go over and capture him. Yeah. And he, he goes with them as a person. Yeah. And then, you know, smooth smooth talks his way up to being Farazon's right-hand man. Yeah. So, so maybe he, de- maybe the changes they make him Anatar and then, yeah, I don't know. I think they might've passed over that because there was a line where he said something about like gifts. Yeah. To Celebrimbor. Yeah. I think yeah. that was just like the nod at doing that and they're not going to do it. Yeah. I could see that too. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. But yeah. Spoiler alert, Numenor falls. It's all Sauron's <laughs> fault. And it's it's due to like infighting and like maybe not infighting, it's due to corruption and hubris mm-hmm. more than anything. That's something I'd be looking forward to see. Like, like there's already like some corruption there with our fire zone. Like he seems like he's got his own ideas, you know, he's planning the king's. I don't know. 
Yeah, I'm excited to watch that. I think that's where we're going to get more of the what you guys were talking about with House of Dragon. Um, yeah. That, the, the, yeah. Yeah. The intrigue. And that will be really interesting to watch the political stuff. Within yeah. I'm excited to see that. Do you think they're going to, because in the, in the Silmarillion, he, uh, like, they create, like, a cult of Melkor, and, like, I don't know, that would be cool to see, like, some more, like, a little more of the spooky side, you know? That's where Sauron um, could easily show back up there. Yeah. As an Anatar kind of figure. I don't know. Yeah. If do. I, I hope they do something like that. Rather than just, like, infighting political intrigue, and, yeah. like, because they, Numenor is destroyed because they send a fleet to attack Valinor, right? Right. And then Eru intervenes is like, nope, like that's that's too far. So that could still happen without like all the Melkor and like that kind of stuff or Morgoth stuff. But I think it'd be fun to see that, like see like the city turn into like once this like great splendor turn into this like more what is it Minas Morgul looking oh, yeah. area you know like a haunted island thing that'd be cool hmm. kind of a shutter it's almost it's like a shutter logo yeah of time it very much is have you read wheel of time justin uh yet it's all by list like i said i'm <laughs> i'm just so enthralled with tolkien that i haven't I've tried uh-huh. to dabble in other things, but I, they just haven't caught me yet. <laughs> hey, the, the first Wheel of Time book, the first like half or two thirds is like, it's like a huge nod to Tolkien. Okay. So I, I, I actually tried Brandon Sanderson first, some of his other books, and uh-huh. I just got bored. I don't, I, I, I hope <laughs> I'm not getting anybody here by saying that, but that's fine. <laughs> I know that's weird. Somebody that loves Tolkien that can, you know, spend, 20 pages talking about the trees in the old forest saying that (laughs) that Brandon Sanderson got boring, but I don't know. I don't know what it is, but that, uh, that makes me think you'd like Robert Jordan a little better. Actually. He's more of a kind of a transitional from like Tolkien language to like modern authors. And the, so Shattered Logoth is in the first book. It's a city that they kind of pass through and it was destroyed years ago because this, wicked advisor came in and kind of turned the whole city against themselves and honestly sounds a lot like what we're expecting to happen with Numenor yeah yeah I honestly I would be surprised if they did I think we'll see more of a I think we're gonna see they're gonna focus on the uh Farazon anti-elf thing yeah going full-blown worship Morgoth they could do both though they could. could do both but, i would love to see both to show, you have to show like it happened over the course of like generations yeah and so yeah. To do that within one short time like that's quite the shift to make you know yeah so i i would be surprised okay let's backtrack let's backtrack a little bit i think there's a lot of things we could go off of from that last conversation but the Hallbrand sauron thing are we like are we okay with that for me I'll, I'll give my opinion because I want to, I want to give it. <laughs> so for go, me, go. after like episode two or three, I was convinced this guy was Sauron, mostly because they were introducing this, this origin story that was basically Aragorn. And I was like, they can't just do another Aragorn. This is a dumb story. So who is he? He must be Sauron. And that was my whole reasoning and thinking he was Sauron. And then a few more episodes in, I was like, wait, this plot is way too convoluted. It, it doesn't work. How could he possibly be Sauron? And then episode eight happened and he showed up at, uh, oh, where are they at? The elf city. Um, Eregion. Yeah, yeah, right. He shows up there and he's super sus immediately. And it's like, okay, it, <laughs> it's Sauron. Like, we don't need to think about it anymore. He's obviously Sauron. Yeah, yeah, same. I was like, as each episode went by, I'm like, here are more reasons why it doesn't make sense that he's Sauron. But this episode has convinced me that this is what the, the showrunners are going to do. That he's mm-hmm. going to be Sauron. Like, like plot wise, it didn't make sense, but like I, it just felt like yeah, that's what they're gonna do. And then they, I didn't have a huge problem with it. I felt like, I don't know, I, it it could have been more interesting the way that they, they they did that. I agree with you that I, it was around episode three that I was like, this guy's Sauron, and I never let go of it. I I was convinced that 
the the stranger was a wizard and that Halbrand was Sauron, especially when he has that conversation with Galadriel when they're in the jail on Numenor. Mm-hmm. That that was what convinced me because he said the most Sauron thing that that a character could say when he he basically said, "How do you get people to do what you want? You have to figure out what it is they they. How did he say it? Figure out what it is that they fear and they, that they want, and you help them get it, and then they'll do whatever you." I just said it really bad, but I think you know the part I'm talking about. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, my- what, once he said that, I was like, that guy's Sauron. Sauron. Like, that is the most Sauron thing that could have been said. And as we went through the rest of the episodes, I, I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. I just think it could have been a lot more interesting. It, it was kind of, it, was, it felt almost just too predictable. Like, they're trying to distract us with this wizard guy, but Halbrand's definitely... What did he say to Galadriel that he found the thing, the the symbol thing on a dead body? Like, yeah, what a Sauron thing to say! Like, the yeah. whole time it just felt like, yeah, this guy's he's got to be Sauron. I don't know, maybe that that was. I just thought it was kind of boring. I was really excited when he ended up when he said consider it, consider it a gift, just because yeah. I was like, I told you so, because the whole show I was telling every tell my friends that that's uh, wrong yeah but uh but i, I was only excited just because i could say i told you so <laughs> my my issues with him being sauron are there's no like okay so he he ends up getting to eregion and helping them figure out how to craft the rings but what what did he do like what part of his planning got him there he was on this ship ran into gladriel and then they got rescued by the Numenorians mm-hmm. and right. got Numenor. You could say he like he was part of like spreading dissent there, maybe. Like I could see that being an argument. Like he like pushed politics in the right direction. And then, like you said, he didn't want to go to the Southlands, but he goes to the Southlands and Mordor is created, which that is probably the worst part of the whole show is when the Southlands text comes up and switches to Mordor. I don't know why Adar didn't just say it. Yeah. And then, but like, he didn't really have anything to do with the creation of Mordor. Like that would seem like it was all Adar, you know? And then, mm-hmm. and then from there, because of the Mordor stuff, he goes with Galad or, and he gets wounded. She, she takes him to Eregion and that's how he ends up in Eregion. And it just, it doesn't seem like, like he's a master planner, especially in this point. Like that was like his whole thing, like this fooling everybody and having this plan. And Mm -hmm. instead it just seemed, I was talking to a coworker about it. He was like, it was very serendipitous. It would be like, it would be really hard to make this out to really be in a thousand IQ move rather than just he happened along to be in these places like how did he plan out right being on a wrecked ship when galadriel jumped off away from valinor like how did he plan on getting the southland like it just yeah like he ended up doing what he needed to do but it didn't seem intentional and that's why i feel like it didn't work super well supposedly season two is going to explore more of what was going on beforehand or during the i don't know they the showrunners yeah. have said, like, this is a fair criticism. We'll address it in season two. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I didn't realize they said that. That's that's good to hear. Hopefully, hopefully they have some good explanation. That's that's my biggest, like, issue with it is, like, they felt they needed to make it a mystery because Anatar is, like, known by book fans and they wanted some mm-hmm. tension there. And so they made this convoluted plot that doesn't really make sense in my mind. Yeah, I guess I guess the way I was framing it, that, was working for me was obviously there's a lot of time compression going on in the show and Sauron after Morgoth's defeat did go through kind of a repentant period and, yeah. and it felt almost like they were trying to show some of that and that's why he wasn't just you know sinister you know mm-hmm. yes Sauron I'm gonna take over that he was more just Getting, landing in the right situations and his true nature was coming back out where he was 
taking advantage of the situation to put himself in the right place to get what he wanted. And I, I guess that's why it was working for me, but I think it's, I see what you're saying, Jake. And I, I agree. Like in the, I guess in the source material, his master plan was to create these rings, distribute them and then create the one ring and take control of everybody. In the show, it doesn't seem like that is possible for that have to been, for that yeah, to have been a master plan. Doesn't fit the lore um, with with what Sauron should have been at this time. I think it's just a matter of time compression. They're trying to show yeah. Sauron something he should have been, like yeah. at the beginning, very beginning of the Second Age, not during this time period. Mm, yeah. yeah, I agree. It would have been more interesting to see him with the sinister plan to create the rings, yeah. master ring. Yeah. So I was a little surprised because I was expecting, you know, Sauron, okay, this guy's totally evil, right? That's what we got from Lord of the Rings. It seems like they're going with a different type of villain who it sounds like what you're saying, Justin, kind of fits the nature of who Sauron is, but maybe the actual timing of of his character growth is a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. He, I mean, what it, how does Tolkien say it? Uh, after Morgoth's defeat... An emissary from the, the Valar comes and Sauron is like really repentant to him and says like, I messed up. And, it, and I think Tolkien says it was mostly out of fear. It wasn't like, you know, he really was sorry. He was just, whoa, my like Morgoth that was all powerful is now gone. And so he was now afraid, but he was kind of like, you know, hanging his head in shame of what, what he'd been during the first age. And then he's, he's told to go back to Valinor to face judgment for it. And he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want, he's been Morgoth's right-hand guy, just super powerful. And now he's looking at having to go back and answer to the Valar and be the lowliest of the low, if anything. And so he just chooses to hang out in middle earth. And over time, his resentment builds toward the Mm -hmm. Valar um, especially as they they kind of leave Middle-earth alone because, you know, when they intervened with the overthrow of Morgoth, they sunk a whole freaking continent. So they're like, okay, we're just going to stay out of things over there for a while. Um, and <laughs> Sauron was able to kind of take that interpreted as they don't care about Middle-earth. They, they've just left it to, to its own problems. I'm going to bring order and... Um, make Middle Earth what it should be, and that yeah, it just over time he becomes mm. Sauron that we know and love. And the show just didn't really show enough of the Valar and like that whole backstory thing. Is that because they don't have rights, or because they were just trying to simplify the? They 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 dropped a few names like Aule's beard. Did they say Orome? Maybe not. I think, I think so. Did somebody say Orome? Maybe I can't remember. Is he the is he the ocean guy or is he the hunter guy? The hunter guy. The hunter guy. Okay. Well, no, we have O's. Olmo. Okay. Maybe they said Olmo then. I think they might have. I, I remember I there know. were a few Valor name drops. Yeah. But, um, to really, to really <laughs> like show those the, the Valor, they, they would need rights to the Silver League. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I again, I don't like. I don't want this to look like I'm like bagging on the show. I really liked it. I was really excited to watch it. I do think the Sauron thing was the weakest point, other than slow pacing and like the meandering plot but i do really like it it's just hard when i'm thinking about man all these cool stories that i wish they could show and they just can't because they legally can Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they've done great with what they have so far i think yeah i went back and i was actually reading the appendices again the other day and to go to read those it it makes the show suddenly make a lot more sense because they're working within the bounds that they 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 can Yeah. yeah yeah i had a question on the rings so they forged the three rings, right? These are the three that are going to go to the elves. Is that different than what's supposed to happen? Like, are they supposed to have forged all of them at the same time? So it's actually over the course of like 90 years, I think, that mm. Anatar shows up. Well, I think Anatar, oh, I'm going to get my dates wrong. Anatar shows up <laughs> in a reg- Well, first he goes to Linden, Lindon, I should say it right. He goes to Lindon, Gil Gallad's like, get out of here. We're, I don't want anything to do with you. He doesn't know that it's Sauron, but he just doesn't yeah. trust him. He heads over to Eregion. He's there just 
and you know Celebrimbor is like oh yeah like uh, help us with this you know you you know a lot about all this, this smithings uh-huh. help us out and he's there for I think a hundred years I might be mixing this up he's there for a while then they start crafting the rings and they start with just lesser rings like ones that Gandalf thought that the one ring might be at, at the beginning of the fellowship how Gandalf's not sure that Frodo's ring is the one it's because mm. he thinks it might be one of the lesser rings that they first tried when they were figuring out this whole thing with with rings then they just had little powers like make you invisible things like that um mm. so they start making those kinds of things and then it's like 90 years before they really have finished all of the dwarf rings and the the rings that end up going to the men um, they those stay all there with the the Gwaithi Mirdine, but that that's the the group that Celebrimbor leads. Um, this is Elvis. this is why we have Justin on for, <laughs> for that word alone. Gwaithi Mirdine, yeah. Okay, and, and and actually, the city they haven't said this in the show, but that region, that whole area is called Eregion, but the city therein is called Austin Edin. But anyway, so that's going on. And then Celebrimbor makes the, the Elven rings are the last three to be made. And he makes those without Sauron's influence. Um, mm. Sauron hasn't actually left yet, but Celebrimbor just decides to make these, these three on his own or Sauron might've, might've just left. Basically Sauron was not involved in making those three. Celebrimbor makes those on his own. And then Sauron makes the one uh in in mordor and as soon as he uh puts it on that's when the elves with those three rings uh perceive what sauron's whole design was and they immediately hide away the three elven ones and then it's like another hundred years that sauron starts raising an army and then he goes and attacks a region and that's when he he, like he takes the other rings besides the three and then redistributes them out yeah. So yeah, the Fellowship um, of the Ring makes it look like those rings originally went to the dwarves and the nine men. And but yeah, you're right. That Sauron sacks Eregion, Kel- kills Celebrimbor, takes all these rings, and then yeah, he distributes them to power hundred. But because mm. Celebrimbor made them on his own, that's why like Gandalf uses one of them, Galadriel uses one, and and Elrond uses one in the Lord of the Rings because. Sauron doesn't have his ring, and these rings are independent, so they're not corrupted by him like the the other yeah. the other rings. But yeah, so they are tied to it. Like they're tied to it, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see if that's why they decided to go with this whole weird mithril thing. Yeah, that the mithril is what ties the one to the other ring. That's another thing I thought was like again part of like like is this a master plan? This doesn't make sense. Like the fact that there's corruption in Eregion and like but Mithril can solve it and the Mithril's needed for the rings like all of these like coincidental things that are happening and like there's no way from what we've seen that Sauron could have been involved in any of this you know but it all serves his final goal of creating the the one ring so I mean I'm able to I'm I'm okay with him taking advantage of a situation that he walks into but I do agree with you Jake It, it would really have been a stronger plot line if if they were able to show him in the shadows influencing things a bit more it just seems so opportunistic yeah. right now yeah it's very opportunistic whereas the source like justin just explained like this was all part of his plan to gain mm-hmm. dominance over people like this long con of hey let's like make rings and then yeah these right. rings are getting more and more powerful like yeah you guys want to use the rings and then in secret okay now that they're using these rings i'm going to make a ring that can control them all but also very tricky, and Justin, you mentioned this a few times, but very tricky to do when you're trying to compress all this time yeah. into a TV show. Like it just it just can't work the same way when the the Sauron plan is years in the making. So they have to change it somehow. But I, I agree I, with you. It'd be nice if they changed it to show Sauron like being a little smarter. Yeah. I think I think they still should have gone with him as like the puppeteer behind the the curtain but yeah i agree yeah i think that would have been a stronger one. okay are there any other plot points that we need to 
trying to think if I had any more questions because I had we got to talk about some at some point we got to talk about mithril I have a lot to say on that (laughs) do you have questions on mithril give us give it give us the spark notes version of of what we need to know um mithril is a metal it is not this magical thing that got made when lightning struck a tree with a silmaril in it (laughs) while Balrog and an elf were fighting like the thing I love about Tolkien is he knows when to go into like ridiculous levels of detail and he knows when to just leave it to like imagination. And this was something where they were trying to explain Mithril and it just over explained it and made it dumb. I, I didn't. So that's, that's, that is not canon. Well, none of the show's canon, but that is not. <laughs> the, what, what was a Silmaril doing in the, in a tree on top of the misty mountains that's what i want to know that doesn't make any sense and the whole i hate that the rings were created really i mean there there was a there was good intention behind it like for for elrond for example the they're trying to save save the elves that's mm. that's a whole other thing we could go into that was i think was a miss but they're trying to, to, he's trying to save his race, right? And like, it was this noble thing, even as you see his interactions with Durin and like, it was a noble thing that he was trying to do in, in making these rings. Yeah, Celebrimbor was a little bit weird about it, but they really were trying to save the elves. But Tolkien told this story, like the, this is where, when I get, this is when I don't like changes to the lore is when they, it changes the fundamental like lesson of the story. And Tolkien was telling it as the elves were, it was their hubris that made them make these rings. They were trying to avoid consequences of stuff that happened clear back in the Silmarillion, the Kinsley, mm. remember that, Jake? Yeah. Like, Mandos, and then elves will fade if they stay in Middle Earth. Like, they're trying to put that off and not have to deal with those consequences by making these rings that, that, stop their fading while they can and so they can stay in middle earth and have their own dominion and never go back and answer to the valar it's their hubris that that like makes them create these rings and then leads to you know sauron's rise instead in this show it was actually a noble thing that they were trying to do and they're they're going to pay dearly for it like i don't like that i i don't yeah that feels off from tolkien yeah, and also I feel like, and this can be said about a couple of things in the show. There's like too many MacGuffins of like, oh, there's this creeping like corruption, and it's it's only there so that way they need the rings. Like it's not really there for any other purpose. Whereas they had it, like you're saying, they had a better need for the rings in the source material. Mm. And I kind of wandered off into talking about the elf stuff, and I didn't get back to me. Um, <laughs> throw I don't like how. <laughs> what makes these rings rings of power is that they have mithril in them. Like that's that is not the case in in the lore that it was it was Celebrimbor's craftsmanship that that creates the magic that the rings have that their ability to to stop the elves fading and um, it's not mithril. So it makes me wonder like how do you go forward with you just have this magic substance now that we know the dwarves eventually are going to mine and, and mine. Frodo a lot. has the whole, the whole yeah. Bilbo and Frodo have that whole get up. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's supposedly this magic substance now. Like I, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I got issues with that. Sideboard Keller Brimbar comes off as super inept. Like the guy can't figure it out until this, <laughs> this random human comes and says, Hey, why don't you make like an alloy of metals? And he's like, "Oh my gosh, I can't." An alloy. I've never, I've never even Smith? conceived of such an yeah. idea. <laughs> Seriously, dude. Yeah. I one thing that I was kind of speaking Celebrimbor and Elven hubris, hubris. So at the end, like Galadriel knows who Halbrand is, doesn't tell Gilgal or doesn't tell Celebrimbor or Elrond. Elrond seems to figure it out but after seeing the ring decides not to say anything, right? Like that's what I interpreted by him holding the scroll at the end, but not saying anything. Mm-hmm. So does he know that, does Sauron know that it's Sauron or just that Halbrand is this 
sus guy that seems to know more than he should. I think just a sus guy. Like, I don't know how he would make the leap to Sauron from there. Right. But still, like, like, so it's kind of showing that hubris, but in like a weird way, more like, it feels like they're attributing these rings with the same like allure as the one ring. And I don't really like that. Yeah, I, that did bother me how like Galadriel knew and yeah. Elrond apparently figured something out, but they just went forward with, instead of two, we're going to make three. <laughs> like that'll fix it. I don't know. I was it's just, I was waiting for it. Galadriel to actually be Sauron in disguise and like to see like <laughs> Galadriel actually like tied up somewhere like that's how out of character it felt for me for her to just walk in and be like hey get me one too and yeah we probably won't see that guy anymore we're good no worries about who he is he's only the guy I've been chasing and trying to kill for like my whole life but uh-huh. yeah. I don't know you know I was actually more okay with it than you guys were I don't really have any of the lore background in this, so none of that bothered me. But I, I, I saw the allure of them wanting to create the ring that would save, like wanting to create this thing that would save their race. Um, you know, whether or not that makes sense from lore-wise, I wasn't really thinking about that. But I, I, I got the idea that they needed it to save all of the elves. And so that was okay, because it seemed like they were basically saying, well, Gladriel's saying... Um, you know, I know, I know that Sauron is behind this, but we can probably outsmart him because we'll know and we'll have, you know, this power to stay here. And so I, I saw the same like elven hubris that you're saying was actually yeah. the cause of this. Like that was still there, but in a different way. So I think I'm okay with it. It's it's more just arrogance rather than like actual hubris. Yeah. Might have to define the difference there for well like hubris is more like uh like arrogance toward or like i don't but it it involves being towards like an authority like specifically like gods or like the valinar or the Mm -hmm. valar so instead of like like the like uh justin was saying the elves were cursed i don't know if curse is the right word but they weren't like there was a curse the doom of mandos yeah i didn't know if a doom would be a curse but yeah because they also use that as kind of just like prophecy but of like hey you're not gonna be able to stay here like because you are immortal these are mortal lands like you can't stay here forever and so to like defy they were defying the valar and so that's why i see that as hubris whereas this they're not defying anything it's just kind of their own arrogance like you know what i mean like they're not defying the will of any authority figure by doing this it's more just i want this so i'm gonna do it i don't know what the actual definition of hubris or arrogance is but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. That, that, that's mine. I could be wrong on that, but that that's like the difference I see in the feeling. One is like more directed towards actually something, whereas this, it was more like individual. Yeah. Do you have any more, any more rants you need to go on, Justin? <laughs> Anything else you need to clear up for us? <laughs> what about the sign? The sign of Sauron in the Southlands. How lame was that? Sorry, I'm just thinking of all the things I was disappointed with now. How it was a, how it was a map, but the map was like carved into her brother for no reason for what reason like i'm gonna carve a map and then send the body yeah like yeah 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 and just that's like like the epitome of a MacGuffin, where you have this thing you're trying to find it and then like no one cares about the actual thing it just sets you off on another adventure and it's mm-hmm. like never addressed again like right so that's yeah fine. that's exactly yep it's exactly what it was yeah and how did why why did they randomly have that that symbol in the archives out of Numenor that they were able to just that was very confusing to me yeah yeah she's been looking for how long at this point yeah Yeah. elves that are mortal and you know like have been around since the 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 beginning of the first age well maybe not the beginning but um been around for forever they don't have any records on this but but the Numenorians do. Numenorians do. They they took those records out to their island when they left Middle Earth. And like, who taught the Numenorians? Like, elves, right? Like, that's like exactly, exactly. Like that's, that's where that's their knowledge comes from. Special. Yeah, but <laughs> I was a little confused by Numenor. I had to do some internet research. I wish the show would have told me a little bit more explicitly, like from my 
from my uh, findings on Wikipedia or or Screen Rant or wherever. Um, so the Numenorians are like super men, where you know they can get it's basically like Aragorn's progenitors, right? He can be yeah. They're they're really old and they're what's supposed to be taller than the other men, which like I'm fine. They don't need to be taller in this show. But I didn't yeah. I didn't get that like basic understanding of a difference. The only thing I got was the Numenorians have a cool city and an advanced society and the Southlander men allied with Morgoth back in the day and now have to live in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you didn't have that, all that context, that that's exactly how that would feel. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it would have been cool to get more like, I mean, they kind of, I don't know if they actually, meant, they do mention like Elwing and Arendil, but they, I don't know if they really connect that to, do they even talk about Elrond's brother? Because they did. They were, they were there in the Hall of Lore, and they, okay. there's a tapestry that has Elrond and Elros on it. Okay. Okay. So he was mentioned. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I loved that they had the big statue of Arendil. Yeah. Um, Arbedalos. That was cool. Or I think it's Arbedalos. Really, according to the lore, Arbedalos is inland and Rip, Rimbed, Rimbelo? Rimbelo? I can't remember the name of the port. I don't know. <laughs> I could look it up on the map, but anyway, um, uh, they it looks like they just meshed them into one city, but I loved how it looked and that big statue of Arendil. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I loved the references to him with like with Elrond, because it's something that you don't really think about, even when you like read the lore of what it would have been like for Elrond and Elros to grow up with their dad in the sky flying a ship and never never getting to interact with him yeah that was cool how they kind of brought that into Elrond's character yeah you get to see more uh like he's definitely more humanized in this yeah which I think is a good thing it made me like him as a character but also the weakness is like how does he get to be this like this like awe-inspiring ethereal king later on Mm. Uh, I hope we will see that story throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. yeah. I think it'll, I, I'll be okay with it as long as we see that. All right. Let's close. Let's say, um, let's say one thing we're looking forward to in the next seasons. Uh, and you guys probably have more ideas because you know more of what's going to happen. But um, from my internet research, <laughs> I know that uh, Ellen Dill and Isildur found like Minas Tirith and Gondor and all those places, right? It's, or something like that. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that is correct. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Some actual, you know, founding of cities and some some men uh, doing good. Yeah. I'm interested to see where, like, where, I think the show has been optioned for three seasons, right? And I thought it was like five and they were totally was sold on that. It was like three or five. Yeah. Like it's a, it's not just I think it's season five. two. So I wonder where they're going to end. Like, right. It's not like they're just going to renew it every yeah. year, like a normal TV show. It's basically like Jeff Bezos is buying five. Yeah. I think that was part of the deal is like you had to do more than one season at a time. But mm. um, so, yeah, I don't know how far it's going to go. If it's going to end like with the fall of Numenor and like, like the whole se- series. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. The whole series will end with the war of the last alliance. Yeah. That's what I would assume. Oh, you think so? Oh. Can they go that far? That's a really nice way to tie into the Peter Jackson trilogy. Yeah, you would know Lord of the Rings. Right where Peter Jackson picks up. Yeah, that would be cool. I didn't realize they could go that far. That would be cool if they could, though. Except this time, Gandalf will be there showing, and he'll have a showdown with Sauron. And the Balrog. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get us started on the Balrog. Um, I would say I'm, I'm going to go for something that's not in the lore. I'm excited to see what happens with uh, Adar and the orcs. Like, I want to know, hmm. like, is he going to progress into orchhood fully? And if so, like, how is how is uh, him meeting up with Sauron again? Like, he's, he said he killed Sauron last time. That Sauron almost kills him. So, you know, there was tension there. Yeah, point. yeah. And, like, I, I assuming, I'm assuming he actually did kill Sauron because the cult of Sauron was off, like, looking for him and expecting him to be reborn. So... Yeah, I'm excited to see. That's an interesting character. He could be he could be developed really well. He could turn into a 
Damon Targaryen, if you will, type character. Mm, okay. Like if they do it right. Yeah. So that's my, that's what I'm most excited to look forward to. I think I'm assuming that next season, we're going to see a lot of, I mean, we've already talked about this a little bit, a lot of Numenor and the rise of the, um, the anti elves faction and, and Farazhan kind of taking power. And I'm looking forward to seeing how all of, all of that plays out. I really hope that Farazhan doesn't marry. I hope that they depart from the lore in this, but um, <laughs> that would feel weird. Oh, Muriel is uh, Isildur's sister. No, she's the queen. That oh, Muriel's the, the queen. Yeah. Oh, so the lore. Far- Spoilers. Sorry. Farazhan <laughs> actually marries her in order to make himself the the king. He becomes um, mm. our Farazhan. Doesn't seem like something that's going to happen on today on you know TV. TV, TV in today's age. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope they don't do it because it would feel weird with those characters as they are now. But yeah. I am looking forward to seeing all of that play out, that that kind of political tension in Numenor. And one thing I really loved in this season that I want to see go forward in the next season is the themes of mortality versus immortality. And I think you'll see that with Numenor and their desire to to no longer be mortals um, versus like what we saw with Sadok at the end, how he just, he was a mortal just quietly accepting mortality. He didn't fight Mm -hmm. it. He just wanted to watch the sunrise. Like I really liked that. And I hope we see more of that kind of theme because that's really, that's a big theme that Tolkien wove into all of it um, Mm -hmm. uh, in the lore. Like that's, that's a major message he was trying to communicate in, in this story. So I hope they, they lean into that. And the Elrond Durin friendship really touched on that nicely. I thought where Elrond didn't even realize that he would have offended Durin because 20 years is no big deal for him. But Durin's like, what the heck, man? Yeah. yeah. Yep. How long do dwarves live for? A couple hundred years? Yeah. I I'd have to look it up. I want to say it was like two to three hundred similar to Numenorians, I think so I could have that wrong I need to double check like I said I claim to be an aspiring expert not an expert he's the expert you guys have heard words you've never heard before <laughs> in relation I know, to I, I know I have yeah so that's how you know it's the expert you don't get anything <laughs> else from this just remember Gwaithi Myrdine <laughs> yeah. Gwaithi Myrdine um, got it attempt to spell that in the comments please <laughs> yes G W Y T H. That's my attempt. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess A I instead of the Y. Yeah. Tolkien, Tolkien's pretty phonetic with stuff. So, anyways. Yeah, Kenya is Quenya. I always I read it Kenya, but it's Quenya. Yeah. But Quenya is. I was reading the other night. He based it off of um, like Latin pronunciation. That, but the, the, I mean, there's a whole lot of other influences <laughs> like Welsh it's there's a lot of Welsh influence he loves he loved Welsh yeah and then also uh Finnish yeah because uh, he loves the Finnish like pronunciation yeah. he, he tried to stick to just like Latin all right well if you are still listening thank you for sticking with us hopefully you've learned something and thank you Justin for educating me and and other viewers all of us all of us yeah we will uh we'll have to do more tolkien stuff because this was fun and uh i'm i'm horribly ignorant on tolkien things and and jake's been trying to get me to catch up but i've been resistant but maybe this will spur that a little bit more yeah there's tolkien and Maozan. i'm trying to get you to get as excited as i am to read those yeah trying to get me to be a real a real nerd i'm not <laughs> i'm just an, an an aspiring nerd but yeah <laughs> well i'll i'll give wheel of time a try if you give tolkien a try oh deal okay, okay. yeah that's a good deal so, you're getting the better end of the stick when it comes to page count <laughs> <laughs> totally so should my should i do silmarillion is that the logical thing to do you've, you've read the the main books yes. uh, i would say read the appendices and return of the king first if you're, if you're, your interest isn't like sparked a little bit by those, obviously like just sitting and reading it, like it's, it's just history stuff like that could be boring, but 
Um, if you're not like, oh, I'd like to know more about that, d- don't don't even try the Silmarillion. But if you find some mm. of it interesting, you find yourself wanting to know more, dive into the Silmarillion. Got it. Okay. I, I appreciate the uh, acknowledgement of, of, you know, whether or not I may be nerdy enough to, to fully get into it. <laughs> it's okay. I know not everybody uh, is quite quite on my nerd level. So, <laughs> Hey, I, I read the Silmarillion when I was in high school, and I remember thinking this is the hardest thing to get through, but I really wanted to read it. But on my second reread, or my second read through, however you say that, I was like hooked the whole time. I was like, how did I ever think this was like hard to get through i same experience yep hmm. you know what helped too is getting an illustrated version like oh that'd be great i there's oh, okay, okay there are a few of them but i i have a couple there there's, i, I cool. love ted Smith. his artwork for it is it's awesome i like buying books so that's <laughs> a good that's a good excuse right there <laughs> no it it fit really nicely on those shelves there's a little bit of space. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Deal. We'll have to follow up with you and see um, if we're able to hold to either end of the bargain. All right. Thanks, listeners. I think I think we're a wrap. That's it's a wrap. that's been it's been long enough. Sorry. I, when I talk about Tolkien, I can be long-winded. Sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Jake. See you guys. Yeah. <laughs>